John, ¿quieres café o cereal? Café. Estoy muy cansado. Raising bilingual children can be a challenge. That's why we have serial dates, where we discuss our experiences and grow as a bilingual family. Let's get cereal, cereal. I wanna get cereal. Let's get cereal. <laughs> no? <clears throat> Welcome back to Cereal Dates. Bienvenidos. I don't know why, but I'm always the one saying welcome back to Serial Dates. Because you like saying it, and you're like, oh, welcome back, I'm your host. Welcome back to Serial Dates. And we always spent like 10 to 15 minutes saying welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Well, you know, I got I to gotta get it. I got to get it sounding good, you know. Mm -hmm. I have a face for radio, so this is, this is how it works. Get it? I get it. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> so anyways, we are in part two of four. Yes, of the stages of second language acquisition. And I want to apologize to everybody for not being here on last week's episode. I decided to go to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here we are. We're going to try to knock these recordings out and get them set up because I go back to work on the next following weekend. So again, I apologize for not being here for last week's wonderful episode on solo parenting. So... Well, it, it wouldn't have been possible if you were here. I know. So I'm just saying good job on the podcast. I think you did a good job. You recorded it. You edited it. And all I did was post it. Thank you. So you did a good job. Thank you. All right. So we're going to start this episode off with our parenting moments of the week. Uh, do you want to start? Yes. So Mateo has been speaking Spanish for a while now and pretty full sentences four to five words um but and he we know that he understands english but we just haven't heard him say more than one to two word phrases uh and it's mostly like repeating something he just heard he'll repeat it back and things like that but Today, he went over to Nono and Nona's house, and when he got out of the car to come back into the house, he said, my hands are cold. In English. In English. He said, my hands are cold, <laughs> which for us was huge. Well, that's, that's awesome, yeah, because it just shows us even more that he is bilingual, both right. understanding the mm -hmm. language and obviously producing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... For my parenting moment, it's not really a moment, but it's just something that I've observed lately, and I think it's really, really cool. So I'll be, before he goes down for nap or before he goes down for bed, the first thing that we do, me and him, is we'll read books. Well, these past couple nights, for some reason, he's been saying panol, which for him is espanol. Mm -hmm. And he's been having me, if it's an English book, He's having me read it in Spanish. Yeah. And if it's a Spanish book, he's having me read it in English, which is, is bizarre to me, but it's hilarious that he wants to hear the translation. Yeah. So, which is really cool just to kind of... Some of them are really challenging yes. <laughs> to translate on the fly. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Blue Truck book is very difficult to translate to English on the fly. Right. Well, especially that one 
has some words that you don't know, like that are not commonly used that you wouldn't commonly use. Right. I understand the book learner, but translating it on the fly. So it's fluid since I'm so used to it being in Spanish. Right. Is difficult. And I think that's probably why he's asking about it because it's almost like reading the book. Again, in a new way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you know he loves reading his books over well, and over and again. And that's the thing with Matteo with books is he likes to see them in new perspective. You know, one of the things that me and him always do is a lot of children book authors always have like these little secret things with them. Oh, yeah. And it's really interesting. I've never noticed them in all my years of teaching, but here you are. <laughs> <laughs> so like some of the books, he, there's a train book he has, mm-hmm. and on each page there's a little uh, mice little mouse Mm -hmm. and it's in different locations and it's set up very differently sometimes he's the conductor on the train sometimes he's a passenger on the train the yoga book has that little cat yeah we have i would have never we have a yoga book that is yoga for going to bed stretching to go to bed and there's little hints of the cat hiding and all that until you finally see the cat in the very end of the book like there's footprints or there's a little bit of the tail or a little bit of the ear hiding behind something. And the other yoga book has the little bird that's always hiding. So it's like a, it's like little fun, little activity within the book. And every book, a lot of the books he has, has those like little secrets that some of the illustrators have thrown in there. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. I would have never noticed those. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we, before we get started, uh, today's topic is going to be on early production. Why don't we recap what happened with episode one of this four-part series? Right. Episode one was the silent period. And the silent period is basically, as it sounds, silent. That doesn't necessarily mean, um, for example, for an adult, you may reply in your native language, but you're silent in the target language. So, for example, if you were in the silent period in Spanish and I asked you that question in the beginning, ¿Quieres café o cereal? What what could you answer? During the silent period, Mm -hmm. I would have just said coffee or cereal. Yeah. Or point. Right, exactly. Because if I I were talking, if I was asking you that question in the silent period, I would have uh, coffee and a cereal in my hand to show you what I'm talking about. Right. Right. Or a picture of it or something. But in reality, we want it to be real and meaningful. So I would have the actual coffee and the actual cereal. And I would only be asking because you're about to eat it. You're about to have it. Right. So like you said, you would answer either in English or you would point to whichever choice you you chose, right? right? Um, so the silent period, that's basically what it looks like. You understand what is being said, and maybe at the beginning you won't understand, but it's the time where you are absorbing the language, acquiring the language. Right. Um, and during this period, we really don't want to force production or even expect it. You know, it's just we have to be okay with this is – they're, the this child, is part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. It's like a baby is absorbing the language for a year before we even get one word out, you know? So the silent period can last, you know, anywhere from zero to six months. It really depends on the quantity and quality of the input. So, All right. So now that we've recapped 
on the silent period, we're going to start this podcast off with early production. So what, what does early production look like? What, what is early production as an outsider looking in? How Mm -hmm. would you explain that to me? Um, child or student starts answering yes and no what in, in the target language to see no in in spanish in the case of spanish starts answering either or questions so like the one i just asked you right is able to say short phrases that they hear repetitive repetitively 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 they start saying phrases that they hear repetitively and whether it's in their everyday conversations at home or if it's in the classroom, you know, the everyday conversations like I need to go to the restroom or um, I don't understand those type of things that they may say over and over again. Um, that's or they might hear over and over again and they start producing those. Right. And, and that was that was the thing that we started seeing with Mateo is one of his first like actual production phrases, not just see si or no was um was si quiero. Mm-hmm. Si or, quiero. or más queso más right mm-hmm. absolutely and it was really cool to see him kind of develop getting out of this silent period and into actually using the language in different ways to communicate and and it, it's pretty apparent once it starts happening yeah i feel like um he is obviously learning both english and spanish simultaneously but his English is, I would say, like six months behind his Spanish. Right. Absolutely. Because absolutely. right now he's doing like a three three word phrases. He's he's two years. But like kind of back to the parenting two-ed. moment, I think he's recognizing at the same time that they are completely oh, yeah. separate languages. So I think that's why he's producing more English now, and he's wanting. And he's repeating. Mm-hmm. So he never was really a repeater with Spanish. Not no, not, not, really. not to the extent that he is with English. No. He'll, like he'll hear you. Word and he he'll hear you from the other room say something and he'll repeat it. Right. What because was it? It's like he's almost like, okay, I want to, I want I'll, to master this. I, I understand this is a different language. I want to use it. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see his brain kind of tick and, you know, develop these, I guess, what would you call them? Checkpoints, synapses. Yeah. Just being able to identify this is English and this is Spanish. And then with the books, it's read the Spanish book in English. So I know what the English translation is and read the English books in Spanish. So I can make sure I'm understanding this correctly in both languages. It's really cool to see that happening. You missed it this morning, but, um, you went to the store to get something, but we were having breakfast with my mom and my stepdad and my mom said something and Mateo's new thing. Like if you, if you like get something, you understand something, he'll be like, mama sabe or papa sabe. And he said that about Nona. He said, Nona sabe. He looked at me. We were all sitting at this table. He looked at me and said, Nona sabe. And then he looked at Nono, who he does know a little bit of Spanish, but his main language is English. Um, he looked at Nono and said, Nona knows. Right. He translated <laughs> it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's the beauty of that's the beauty about again, we've we've talked about this in other episodes and we reiterate this, the importance of 
you know, communication and why it's so important. You know, it's, it's very easy to say, well, everyone should know the same language, whether it's English, Spanish, or whoever has the most um, population in that language. The fact that we have different languages is beautiful because words are powerful and mm-hmm. each language has different power be- behind their words. But being able to communicate, I mean, Mateo is literally bridging that gap between Nono and Nona's languages. Mm-hmm. He is And adapting is his in, communication to meet the... Which, right, which is in turn, he wants everyone to understand. Mm-hmm. He wants to be understood clearly which is only going to be the building blocks for empathy and understanding for the world around him, building mm-hmm. greater communication bonds with everyone. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that is just a huge, huge step to me in parenting, a lesson that will naturally come. Right. That, that's, that's powerful stuff. <laughs> powerful stuff. <laughs> um, so, okay, so we kind of covered what it looks like for a child. But I'm interested to know what the early production stage looked like for you. As an adult? Yeah, as an adult. Well, let's be real. I'm a child. Just a big baby. (laughs) So my early production, we've talked about it, but I've never really sat down and thought about it until just recently. So for me, early production was a very long, drawn-out, time period for me and it i would almost say borderline just monotonous because it was just the same plateau of information that i had Mm -hmm. same responses quick and easy responses to many different questions i never had this ability to i guess progress Mm -hmm. or it was like at that ceiling that ceiling that i needed to break through and i could never get past that my silent period and my early production period Restarted, So I circled back when Mateo was born. And it's because I was trying to teach him Spanish at his level. Like you were, like we would, just like you would any other child. Like, papa, mama, quieres leche, quieres leche. You know, just those basic, mm-hmm. those basic Pañal things. That, yeah, mm-hmm. pañal, just kind of walking through your day and everything. Right. But as Mateo grew... And as he grew to understand over time, his silent period, and it started making sense to him. Well, my silent period was his silent period. And then we moved into the early production. So his early production was my early production. So you're learning like at the same level, at the same speed? At the same rate. At yes. the same rate. And, 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 it, and it's bigger for me. It's, it's, I've learned more vocabulary than I ever have. My motivation for learning has just doubled. Uh, I enjoy learning. I enjoy one thing I never did before Mateo was read books. And to me, that was the in quick Spanish. <laughs> in Spanish. Yes. That was the quickest way for me to learn a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very, it, I would say, even if it was in English, it was a very complex book for Mateo. And it's this tractor book. I know. I think I've talked about this in another episode. Yeah. Is it, the reason I go back to this book is because for me, it was this, this uh, aha moment. Like, I am really understanding this language now. Mm-hmm. I read this book a million times because it is his favorite book. But every time I read it, there was something new that I learned. There was a new word. There was a new 
understanding of sentence structure, like no matter how big or small, I understood how sentences were And I think a lot of that happens subconsciously, which is where real learning happens. Right. Because you're just reading it. You're not like, you're not sitting there trying to deconstruct the sentence. No, because if I was worried about what I was trying to get out of this book, it wouldn't be fun for Mateo. Right. So I just, for you. <laughs> right. I just read it to Mateo and by the, you know, 999th time of reading it, I was like, oh my God, I know what this actually means now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never thought about understanding it, but I understand it. And it just became clear to me. Um, so yes, my rate of learning is at the rate of Mateo's and I'm sure as he continues to grow again, I will get more and more out of it and learn at the same rate as he is. Mm-hmm. And hopefully by the time he's four or five, when he's just full blown, got it all, I will hopefully not be behind him. <laughs> and that's the other thing. When that's he already kn- happening. But, but see, like what, what it's, you're absolutely right. Like I want to make sure that I'm on his same level. So now it's getting to the competition side of it. So it's like, oh, I got to, I got to know more than you. Um, but I don't want you to get away from me and you and mom talk about me behind my back type thing, but you're in front of my face. I just can't understand you. Um, no, it's it's so my silent period and and my early production period just it restarted. It, it's just been fun seeing my silent period and early production period at the same rate as Mateo, um, and I believe I was faster at picking things up because I had a new motivation and a new love for the language than just wanting to speak the language because my wife spoke Spanish. There was just a whole lot more. We we now have a family. Right. in this language and that's where I think that it all kind of circles back around of why it was faster in the silent period why it was faster in the early production period for me mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's really good and I, I think it's important to look at it from the different perspectives you know because for Mateo because he's a toddler it's like of course he's gonna speak in one to two one to two word phrases although he does much more than that now um, but for an adult, you have to be okay with being in that simple stage. And I think it not, makes it easier you're when you're in, doing it with your child. Right. Absolutely. Cause while, you know, you're, you're holding your child, you know, they're a child. You're not going to expect them to be where you think you should be. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives you an excuse to be like, okay, I'm going to. This is my level. <laughs> right. I'm going to bring it down to your level and my level. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you're observing your child and you're starting to see them produce a little bit of the language. So we're now at the early production phase. So what are some strategies to encourage their production once production has been established? Um, so we, we kind of covered this earlier, but you can ask yes or no questions. You can ask either or questions, which for a toddler is so easy because you're always giving them options and choices. Um, I would try to limit it to, like I said, either or not. Do you want an apple or an orange or banana or blueberries? You know, that's too many options. Do you want an apple or an orange? And within the question, they can hear the potential answer in it. They're a lot more likely to produce in the target language because they hear those options. And continuing with lots of comprehensible input, lots of reading, uh, I think. Reading is definitely one of the biggest things. I mean, not just for the child, but for the parent. 
Right. You know, it, it reinforces what we are learning as well with the child. Right. I've, I've followed Dr. Krashen forever. Like I love everything he does and he's really now pivoted a little bit more towards reading and storytelling. And it's just so powerful. Like I didn't understand how powerful it was. Even as a teacher, I'd never got the, the real, the true power of reading to learn a second language until we had Mateo and we see it, you know, we see, we see him saying words and, and things that from his books. Right. You know, no, that's, that's absolutely true. Just his love for reading has definitely been the biggest like slingshot forward in his language journey. Absolutely. You know, going back to the strategies, just like in, in the silent period where we don't want to force production while we are wanting to encourage it um, by by asking these either or questions, yes and no, we don't want to force production. No, you're you're absolutely right. We don't want to force production by any means. I mean, as parents, why are we trying to hold our children to a higher standard than when they learn their first language? That's a great question. I, you know, it's probably part of all the language classes that we've grown up grown, with yeah just that curriculum based repeat right. after me repeat after right. me and where you have to have results because you have to have a test and you have to show some kind of the dreaded results driven educational system right no absolutely so so help me understand something you got a baby and an infant which you know they're not going to produce or not going to understand at four months old that's a given for... They're going to understand. I well, think you know understand. what I mean. Like you, You're not going to see that immediate feedback of what's going on. I mean, Elias is four months old, and you un, you can see... I feel like he knows what you, the word leche is. Right. You can see there's some comprehension in his eyes when mm-hmm. things around him are happening because of our routines. Right. But you take like a six-year-old who understands this concept of language. They understand that the words they use can affect communication. You can get things with words. You can show you, you know, your emotions with words. You can even changing tones in your language will show aggression or, you know, fear. Right. So, they have a foundation on what, what language is. So when you talk about early production and, and silent period, with a six-year-old versus a four-year-old or, or a four-month-old. Or a four-month-old. So how do you how do you separate the idea? Like, well, he's six, you know, he should be able to pick this up easily. He understands. Right. So I think what you're asking is like, would the six-year-old have the same trajectory in learning a second language as the four-month-old? Like the same silent period and all that. Essentially. Right? In the trajectory of learning the second language they would be at the same level, even an adult, you know, but they, you do have like a, like you mentioned the experience of already knowing what language is and that silent period will be shorter. Obviously a baby, uh, an actual baby, like a baby's silent period could be even 15 months or so. There's some babies that don't say their first word until they're 15 months. Uh, so it's it's understanding that there's still a silent period. There's there's still that early production period, 
but it may be accelerated by their advanced understanding of the language, of what language is. And that's why it's so important to have individualized education because, and, and there's no better teacher to have individualized education than than parents parents. right because parents know everything about their kids they spend time with their kids so they know what the child knows and that's something i struggled a lot with at school at bilingual family as a teacher is i wish that parents would know what their kids knew does that make sense like in the classroom i knew what vocabulary my students knew so because of that, I could tailor my conversations to help them uh, grow or to scaffold their learning. Which is what we do with their first language. Right. We know what the child knows, so we can ask them questions around that and we can scaffold their learning. Scaffold meaning um, building upon building it. up from the previous knowledge. Right. So No, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's crazy. To see, just being able to see the observable progress in these sections, you know, silent period. Now that I know what that is and I understand it, I know to just let it be until we get to the early production and then observing and understanding, okay, now we're to this point. So now I'm, I'm starting to have these checkpoints of progress levels because I know as a parent, I want to see progress. Naturally, we want to see progress right. because I do remember when Mateo was learning his first language, which is the Spanish. And when he said his first word, you know, you're just like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Right. And in the process of learning English, now that he's saying a few English sentences, mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Right. Like you get excited about those moments. Cause I think naturally as a parent, we want observable progress. Right. It, it's different when they're already a child or a, an infant but now that we're beyond infancy and we're into toddlers or, you know, children, you, you want, we naturally want observable progress. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to say, well, wow, and, I see that. And, and I think this. Own, for their own self-esteem or not self-esteem, but like their own um, satisfaction. Right. Like you just see Mateo glow when he, when he is able to say something to one of his monolingual uh, grandparents. Right. So, But I, I just kind of back on this, now that you know what the silent period is, now mm-hmm. that we know what early production is, I think it makes it a lot more clear for us to be able to observe that progress as parents. If you know what it is, you know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you're going to see the progress a lot easier rather than just waiting and never knowing what early production or silent period is. Or being concerned or forcing uh, production too early on and things like that. No, absolutely. No, that, I think that's great. So how, how can we help parents out with all of this? How, how can we give them, let's say a parent is, you know, at early production. That's the subject matter we're talking about today. They're at early production and the parent has exhausted all their vocabulary and all their knowledge in the target language and they have nothing else to give how can we help the parent well and i think that's something that um happens a lot with where the the household is monolingual and so like if you didn't have me right and i'd be a free man (laughs) 
if you didn't have me uh, and you weren't listening to phrases and vocabulary that I use with Mateo, it would be hard for you to grow your vocabulary. Right. You know, you would kind Absolutely. of just stay and stay stagnant and kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Right. Just, I, I would hit that plateau of now what? Right. Have we covered everything with early production? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think it's that dreaded time of the podcast hour. Joke. The joke. That's my favorite. All right. <laughs> so, um, have I, have I done the joke on construction yet? No. I'm still working on it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get That's why I didn't want to tell you before the uh, before the episode. Uh, <laughs> well, that's all I wait, have. What about my joke? Oh, you got a joke? Yeah, I got a joke. Okay. And mine, I actually made up. Oh, really? I think I did. If I didn't, if you've uh, if you've heard this joke before. Call I her out. I doubt it. I doubt it. Call her out. I don't think anyone would come up with such a great joke. <laughs> She's already laughing at her own joke. She hasn't even told you guys. Okay. No, this is a Spanish joke. So if you're not, if you don't know Spanish, sorry. Time to learn. <laughs> yeah. And it actually goes to party, about party training in a way. So, la señora es pañal. Y el señor... Espanol. <laughs> I'm laughing more at you than the joke right now. <laughs> uh, you're, are you wiping your eye? Are you crying? No. Uh, laughing so hard. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. What about you? Any comments, questions, concerns, general consensus about the world or universe around us? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Adios. Yangaseo. Thank you for being with us. For more on raising bilingual children, you can purchase my book, Become a Bilingual Family, The Best Method for Raising Bilingual Children, Even If You Only Speak One Language, on Amazon. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bilingual Family. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. And as always, the best compliment is a review. Con amor, John and Daniela.